Hello and welcome to the Adrana podcast. Um, I'm Aditya. Uh, today I have a special guest with me to talk about uh, not the technical side of a film, a film that unless you are living in some nuclear bunker somewhere, you've probably heard of. Uh, Maniratnam's Ponyan Selvan Part One, uh, the adaptation of Kalkiyar Krishnamurthy's uh, Tamil historical fiction novel. Um, we have the film's sound designer Anand Krishnamurthy with us. Um, hi, Anand. Hi, man. Anand has worked on films like uh, Vishrupam, Kutrami Dandanai, Sivarinjaniyam, Minnum Silapengalum, OK Kanmani, and I think pretty much all the Manitam films uh, since then. Uh, we are here to talk about what goes behind sound design and sound engineering in a film and what were the challenges in a film like uh, Pony and Selvan in particular. Um, I also have uh, for regular Ashoka with us. Hi, Ashoka. Hello. So, Anand, how are you? Are you basking in the glory of last one week? How it's been? I am actually finally because uh, yesterday what we did was yesterday was the first time I went uh, to watch in a public theater. As in, like uh, uh, I've seen the film like a thousand times through the post production, but uh, it was also for me it was uh, I've always wanted to go and uh, have a listen to how how uh, people are receiving it. And it was super fun. So yesterday I went, and then uh, yeah, it was it was terrific. Uh, so to to just warm up uh, to begin with, uh, can you just broadly talk about your work, your general work in particular, not just this film? Uh, what uh, exactly um, uh, sound design and sound engineering is, and how it has changed over time? And you, I mean, you've been in the industry for a long time, and how it has changed in any uh, sense? Uh, see, um, sound design is again one of the terms used to describe my work. But then uh, again, the work itself is quite um, blurs on the edges, like anything else. Uh, uh, so, uh, in some places, you uh, you'd call me the supervising sound editor, uh, uh, or colloquially uh, they would say sound effects, which is basically like uh, uh, you know. You're in charge of the soundtrack, but not the music. Um, yeah, that's these are the kinds of words that we use, terminologies that are used to describe my work. Uh, but the work essentially remains this: it is to uh, deliver to the mix uh, all the sound material required to tell the story of the film. So again, like I've said this before, but it's a uh, the useful way to split the three kinds of sounds in cinema are a dialogue, b sound effects, and c music. Uh, except there is a lot of blurring between these three. And in one thing, I'm clearly not responsible in delivering is the music, but certainly dialogue and uh, sound effects, yes. And there are places where dialogue and effects blur. Uh, like for example, when I am recording crowds for the ambiences, uh, are they dialogue? Is it? It's, uh, but sometimes it's unscripted dialogue where we need to, you know, write in order for the crowd to say the right things. So there's that aspect of it as part of my job, uh, uh, and I love to, in that sense, direct the crowd. So that comes in as well, and uh, and then of course the the, the more uh, readily understandable idea of sound effects being like, you know, hits and explosions, footsteps, doors opening, props being handled, you know, bells being run, uh, rung, uh, animals making their noises, etc, etc. So the things that uh, generally what people take for granted to be part of the scenario, right? That's, that's part of my work. Um, 
so you see a horse you expect it to sound like a horse so that's the that's the sort of thing which is why most of my work is technically invisible because it is not meant to stand out a lot of it is uh, is meant to be uh, in a sense that convince the viewer as part of the suspension of disbelief that's it so that's mostly what my work is you said uh, you went to the movie to listen to it i yes. think you are the only person who watched the movie like a podcast Actually, <laughs> I, no no majhi see i'll tell you I'll, i'll tell you why uh, the 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 main thing is it would be fallacious for me to think that sound is all that is to tell which is not true right every department thinks it's their own thing but the whole point of good sound design or good production design or good cinematography or whatever it is is that you realize that you are part of uh, a team that is making one thing which is more than just you know it's a cliche but it's more than just the sum of these parts right uh, it's not we need we are doing sound but it has to complement the visuals uh, they can't be fighting with each other they have to have they have to tell the same story correct so and also in terms of understanding the mood like for example right when we uh, it's, it's it's very important to understand the screenplay in that sense for us because it is not just you know the sound of actuality it is the sound of actuality as required to present the mood as well see again mood is something that is usually associated with music right music sets the mood we give us we uh, the sound effects give the actuality but again there it blurs like sometimes even the sound effects have to have that like for example in a serious scene i it's i don't know i can't put a sound that would potentially sound funny and break that the suspension of disbelief you know what i mean yeah but yeah. sometimes you do things like that for effect uh, you know the greatest of uh, sad scenes have that hint of comedy in it right uh, you know take jali japlin or whatever i'm uh, taking i'm taking basha you're taking basha uh, you can the, take prambare also the 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 mass scene where you hear the footsteps no and then the first time you hear rajnik come in as basha the yeah. first thing you hear is the footsteps yeah anga anga poite and the kolandengaloda and the enadhu bunny serpu sound potana it will be no i just to, just to give a ridiculous yeah yeah that that is an extreme example and is useful that example because that's what helps right that that it helps you define it but i am talking in terms of the next stage wherein you are aware of the of this and then you go and push it right so uh, again this is not a, a, a sound example per se but you take uh, you know in mundrambarai where uh, you know in the end is uh, you know is fully crying walking past the train train has left and our man will go and do a very slapstick thing of banging into the 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 the, the light combo right yeah. which is it's 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 slapstick it's very charlie chaplin right you might even chuckle at the same time you are you you you're not fully breaking out of it which is where therefore if you want to do something like this right you need to be very careful you know bunny slipper okay or barefoot squeak on marble floor is okay there is a difference between these two sounds one might actually take bump the audience entirely out of the scene one might take them slightly off maybe even chuckle but then come back right okay that that depends on the allowance uh, filmmaker gives you or is it in, entirely up to you uh i would like to say it's called artistry <laughs> but that would make it sound too pretentious but yes uh it is almost always a collaborative thing the filmmaker will say hey, rana this is distracting too much let's 
you know stick to this and then sometimes you might hit upon it bang on and say okay this works you know uh like for example you know you might put like uh, uh i don't know okay okay are spoilers allowed in this uh, yeah yeah spoilers yeah, allowed spoiler alert. Yeah. super allowed we, yeah. we put a spoiler warning and tell people that uh, yeah say for example right um, uh you might probably appreciate it when you listen to it in the atmospheres like there is a point where uh, in uh, in the nadinisi kutum right where uh, uh banditevan and uh, and arvargadiyan are looking down from their thing at, at the secret meeting that is taking place yeah uh, there at uh, at a critical point there will be one palli going chik 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 right Mm. like you go mm. to village people and all they will tell you that adu palli vandu kuri solliduche adu ottukiche manga see you know ah, of course yeah i mean there's even a very well comedy on that yeah yeah exactly so it is it is that right so it is uh, in that sense slightly like comedic but this is where the 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 the, the interesting stuff is that scene you cannot break out of that that sense of peril that sense of adventure that sense of you know there's something dramatic happening at the same time in kalki's book itself there is the there is an element of comedy there right yeah. but it is very limited like for example arvar kadiyan's disembodied head is there in the that described it's even drawn right in the, in the illustrated version of the book and that that uh, the disembodied head is a is a comic piece right it is there Uh, in the story so we in, uh, so i will you know when i introduce that palli sound yes it is you know slightly comical but how do i introduce it do i introduce it like bagirangama if i put one patch 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 it might might be a little too much so what you do is you mix it subtly keep it there for those who can listen they will listen and it is may be funny but it's not too distracting and you can come back stay stay remain in the in the tension of the scene those who do miss it miss it that's fine So, uh, that, so yeah. Uh, on on that note, like so so taking that example itself, uh, how do you work with people like uh, I mean uh, the the director, the editor, or, or or even the production designer? Like how how does that sound? How that I- that idea of adding a, that police sound come about, or uh, is that some something you have all the independence to do, or is that I, uh, yeah? Because mm-hmm. you talked about screenplay and everything, yeah. correct no in this case uh, i had the independence to do it i put it in uh, it was discussed later on uh, in uh, in post production um, i spent an inordinate amount of time trying to fix the level of the pollution <laughs> but yes yeah we it is a, in that sense a collaborative process when it comes to mix right we do put it all together and then we see how it works see even the, the even music can do this uh, you know it, it can you take this uh, and in that sense uh uh era is like a like a genius because he will understand this aspect of storytelling you know this this subtly shifting uh, shift the key and come back mari uh, so you have like uh, you know something like uh, the scene where uh, uh vandi devan and kundamai meet right it's become meme worthy nowadays uh that scene yeah the number of emotional shifts that he gives in the music right it's fabulous and he will do that and he easily go in and come back it's 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 it's, it's uh here is a man with like 
you know, touch control over a joystick, Murray. He's like a surgeon, fine surgeon, but he's doing very subtle shifts and, you know, they're palpable shifts also. At the same time, it is unconscious. The entire process is unconscious. Nobody's really paying, you know, active yeah. attention to the music unless yeah, you're even, even, yeah. Yeah, Unless you're like a fanboy who's like going with a notebook and trying to see, ah, you don't do that nonsense. Like a regular audience will go and the music is allowing them to get into the emotions of the characters and the story. But at the same time, they're not paying attention to it. They're in the film. They're part of that, you know, uh, that scene at that moment. That is the matter. That's the, that's, that's the artistry. Yeah. Uh, only the second time I noticed there is 10 seconds of uh, the soul song in that yeah. in the beginning of the scene, like you have soul, you then you have the I think the the Hindi Baja, and then you have uh, the Shakti Sri Gopalan background score, and then everything everything is there. Comes in, in almost <laughs> fantastic. He keeps, he, he keeps moving from one to other. Yeah. Similarly, in that uh, that uh, the the, the pre-interval sequence, right? Again, a lot of people are talking about it. Where Aditya Garigalan is like, you know, is. Uh, is going through his various emo emotions. Again, the underlying thing is uh, this guy is like uh, uh, is deeply troubled uh, man. But he, when he does the reminiscing and talks about gentler things, there is that element of uh, he, you know, kind of very uh, uncomfortable. But it's you, the, the the score there is beautiful. And other we guys had to do it, right? Uh, we get the, the wind and the, the foley sounds, you know, uh, of his own movement, how aggressive should they be at the same time. At one point, it's a latent aggression. So we shouldn't be able to hear it, but it should be there. You understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of Aditya uh, yeah. foley and all had to be dealt with that in mind, like his body movement. Similarly, Parvetaraya, right? We can't have him constantly be one stomping dum 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 guy because then it gives it away and it makes it very innocent. It doesn't communicate the latent aggression that this man is capable of great violence. That is what is scary for the audience, right? If you show the violence openly, you show it. You know, uh, when uh, the, 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 the famous trailer shot of that dude getting shot in the chest, right? That's there. The latent aggression of the Parvetar is there. Uh, it comes out at that point. Uh, very, uh, strikingly but once you introduce it you take it away you don't keep keep saying that they're violent because that that loses its uh, uh, you lose the idea of violence because you need to keep scaring the audience so this is what we imbibe when we come to do the sound of somebody's footsteps when they walk there needs to be latent aggression not open aggression because it's scarier hmm. So, so uh, just just expanding on Adi's question. Yeah. Let's say let's say uh, uh, a screenplay for a film is done, right? Yeah. And then um, then then you are in the picture now, and uh, you are given the script. I, I, I presume yeah. that you are given the script, and what would be your preparatory uh, you know uh, work for that? Because now the film is not shot; it's just in pre-production. Yeah. Just from the script. Uh, the first thing and the the main thing that uh, I find useful, various people have different processes, but uh, my uh, process is just the first time you read it, uh, in fact, hopefully try and retain that sense of it right to the uh, right through the end of the mix, but it never happens is that you have to, first of all, learning to read a screenplay is a, it's, it is something that has to be learned, not everybody can do it. 
because uh, you should not read it like literature right you will have to look for what you can hear what you can see that all, that is the only thing that should inform you right so once you know how to read a screenplay then when you read it you are imagining those images and the sounds and therefore you are technically mind ku or padam ottirukom right you run that film and at that point you are completely in the zone of watching and listening to this film as an audience member how am i receiving this what are the moods that are being conveyed at various stages see those of us who write also have to at some point keep keep doing this you know you stop and try and see how is somebody who is going to watch or listen to this film receiving it at this point so this is a constant question and that is the only question that needs to be in your mind when you're reading the screenplay for the first time mm-hmm. receiving it and your first impression notes right you know uh, let's say but but the good part about uh, working with uh, with mani sir is that uh, that screenplay you know is also a work in progress right he, the the you apdi paaka pona no screenplay is ever locked until the film comes out and so on but let's not uh, go into that level of uh, uh, you know flippancy let's say that in the post production in the sorry in the pre production process the film screenplay goes through multiple drafts you know there is a there is a certain amount of a locked draft before we go to shoot on the day of the shoot also it can change right depending on various uncontrollable circumstances Hmm. nevertheless the one thing that you need to understand about every scene or sequence that we read is like what is the information that is being conveyed in scene in terms of you know kada enna solude and then what is the uh, the emotional state of each of these characters and therefore you start in your head linking previous scenes to this scene mm-hmm. right so you understand what is known as the arc right when you are writing characters you know there is an arc the character goes through a particular progress mm-hmm. uh, likewise the story also has its own arc you know and it, again it is useful uh, and it is a very you know so sort of the traditionally tamil cinema thing to do is to understand it in terms of blocks right mm-hmm. and our guys are masters at this because we are uh, we have always been telling stories through song and music so idu vandu song block idu action block idu vandu idu dialogue scene this is something that is constantly in our heads you see when you read the screenplay you know in the block in the in the tone in the block in the tone idu action block idu happy uh, song and mari so when you have that also you realize how the rhythm of the film is uh, so in terms of you know at this point yes emotionally this is what is required but this is the pace in which the scene has to be told right mm. we need to rush through this don't sit and explain this this we need to stop and pause and explain so that speed is also uh, not literal speed right is not just how quickly you cut the shots mm. is not how quickly the dialogue is delivered and how much of it's the the, the, the this is again a very summary cinema thing how much of the lag you remove right like the pauses mm. it's not just that it is also a question of like the music can can change the tempo of the scene right the, the 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 hectic sound effects can change the tempo of the scene right and there are sequences where we did that right for example with uh, with the music there is a lot uh, sound effects we created the idea of tension and saying uh, uh, when 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 vandidevan is trying to enter tanjavur fort there's a whole rush of the crowd that suddenly builds up right 
and then there is the tension you provide only towards the end music comes in adukku munadi varaikum all the tension is provided by just the crowd going like suddenly rushing in and then you know it's visually also there but it is so also the horde of forces coming in and then yeah yeah, yeah. obviously do this whole intercut with the door door is shutting he is still sitting there writing etc etc he cut back and forth and then you create that tension visually there's the sound is trying to do the same thing and then when he just he slips through so that is the that that's that that's the tension relief so things like this right so these things we get from the screenplay right? oh you get from it just from the the words that are written on the yeah, page yeah 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 absolutely and that's this is the things that we need to note down and and uh, uh, of course in my case i actually wrote write it down in a, in a notebook so that i can constantly refer to it sometimes you see when uh, on the shoot you are given your own sides right your, your the screenplay is there so that you keep that to yourself and then on the margins you make notes again you make um, uh, you know little observations about you know ambiences and things like that and then you try and use it uh, like uh, for example again this is a very uh, uh, very nerdy thing like when we shooting you know the sequence in the the, the, the you know the kodikara lighthouse you know the, the, that sequence right uh, you know what what i'm talking about mm. when yeah, yeah, yeah. nandini uh, you know tells that uh, the, the ship captain you know you're going to arrest this guy yeah right? mm. so when not to show tell this uh, men yeah 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 when when we are shooting it um you know uh, at, at that time that evening i am hearing this uh, this particular bird right and i am not like a birder like some of our friends are so what i uh, did was i uh, you know i go to this app the connell's uh, app and then try and find out what is the sound that i have heard and it's a red red wattle lapwing i immediately write that down right so i try and record that bird and then i use that in the scene because it's giving that very eerie kind of sound right mm. but it is also correct for that location right mm. uh, east coast of uh, south india it is it's there right. on mm. this bay of bengal shore in the time like you get that bird right and i'm uh, and this is like a uh, this could sound like a unnecessary nail right why should we pluck this because anyway i'm a music it is going to it is going to tell that uh, that to communicate that but then i'm for me i'm feeling like you know i should put that in because it's it's giving that particular mood there is a certain eeriness to the sound of that bird and there's a certain forlornness and that scene also multiple emotions right yeah, correct you know the, the the edit stays on the characters faces right to give give those emotions and it's there right what is going through this person's head what is going through that person's head the three principal characters in that scene each character there's something else going on in their head each of their motivations are different right mm. in, 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 in fact yeah in, in fact in the end i think it goes uh, i mean it even cuts back to the veerapandian scene correct because uh, yeah. that is her because finally when yeah. it ends up with her right you at that point you need to you know it's like uh, why So, so that man knows that she is basically sending him off to his death right so that guy gives a slight uh, seripo kind of nod before he leaves right and on her she is like i don't care about you i the the death that i am looking forward to is something else is on her face hmm right so idhu ke ellathukku we have to compliment 
so so from let's say this is this is during the script right so mm. uh, immediately once you read the script and you have all your notes mm. do you go collect speculative sounds that you think might be useful or yes. do you wait to do the that was the actually, real audio yeah. recording yeah. yeah that's what that's i did it. yeah that's what i did like i went and collected the bird sounds and things like that because i knew that this is uh, you know it's it works so anala uh, all that was already collected because uh, it's uh, as a matter of the process you also need to be aware that uh, you can't wait till the very end to collect everything because you won't have the time so you end up like uh, you know mixing the film in like 3 days and things like that you don't want to do that so this needs to be a process that's happening continuously so i am also there on the shoot so i am then and there collecting a lot of stuff and i i know uh, in, in certain cases this is what i will be using in the end and i end up using it as well yeah that is the, uh, the next that was also my next question like uh, one like like i like we hung out before and i have seen you travel with the recorder and travel random you know sounds and everything like as we go anywhere so that is something you do and uh, can you talk about that too uh, on set on like you, you you travel i mean you were on location all the time so what what is the work on location uh see on location you generally don't have much time to go off and do other things and the other important thing is uh, on set apart from the time when we are actually shooting the take it's extraordinarily noisy because there are like you know crews that consist of 100 plus people so everybody's prepping for the next thing and saying it's not it's not possible for you to capture anything even if you go to like a fantastically sounding place you can't capture anything you need to be by there yourself and do it so we do purpose made recordings we go and get these things done in peace so do while shooting one or two things during the duration of the take when there you can get crew silence we get it right so sometimes we that's enough and we use it uh, sometimes i will need like extended recording so you'll have to go back and get it so that is also done um but so on, like a location like you have a sound like and uh, not like yes such this is afterwards you know <clears throat> so we okay. go and uh, get, get that thing but yeah sometimes you can record it during recce also i don't go for uh, many of the the recces but because uh, most of the because when you, if you're not doing sync sound for a film uh, generally i don't go for no I, i'm saying that, that you have an isolated part of your job also that you do like like a location hunting thing yeah correct correct correct, correct. of course of course and uh, sometimes see a lot of the times this is still cinema right so one location is standing in for the other you need to have the sounds uh, of the location that is intended to be right uh, so when we are shooting on the banks of uh, the narmada you don't hear the mile that you need to hear in pariyare so you have to record the mile elsewhere <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah, you you need to hear that kumbakonam uh, pariyare uh, mile means you have to record it elsewhere so yeah so uh... one question so this is the happy part right like mm. let's say during production suddenly you say that the location that you wanted you never get mm. and now there is a script rewrite and then there's a new uh, all new location or maybe the scene itself changes mm. at point in time what do you do your prep is now slightly taken a beating right no see that's that's the that's the this is actually the more fun part because you get the option to rework it because what does not change is the intention of the scene right mm uh, something might get added something might get subtracted but the intention of the scene remains the same 
you might shoot it slightly differently, which is what we need to get to. Uh, in the initial script reading, that intention is what you need to keep in mind. Therefore, now in the change circumstances, how can I tell the same story? And you do it, right? It's the same uh, challenge for all departments, including us. Uh, so, uh, getting into the uh, film itself, can you uh, like take two completely different uh, scenes? Like, for example, the, the, the whole fort parkour chase sequence sort of thing and what goes into it versus something much, much quieter. We already talked about the Kunzavai scene, but uh, something like the, the dungeon scene, like when Nandini um, uh, um, uh, lets Vandir even through the uh, through that secret yeah. door and you actually hear mild, very mild footsteps when he enters and walks Correct. the first time. Uh, so, so between those two scenes, like what exactly are the challenges and what are the sounds that you are yeah, you want to just stay on the footsteps itself, that itself totally, because I, I had a great time working with Pratap, who's the Foley artist, um, yeah, he's the guy who's handling it. So the, the conversations that I had with him, the notes that he was taking from me, plus what he is bringing as a creative person, and it was just brilliant, right? Because like I told you, right, the intention we need to know of every thing. So when, uh, say when Vandidhan comes to meet Kundavai, right, he comes as, uh, as Kamsan. Right, he dressed is in that. Uh, he's still in that getup. So he's trying to do that. You know, try the whole macho thing. Yet he's scared of water. All that is the comedy, right? But in front of her, he's trying to do this. You know, when he first comes to meet her, he's he's doing the macho walk, right? So he needs to have that macho-ness about him. At the same time, he is meeting somebody who's socially his uh, his superior. Right. right. So, so she will. She is looking down at him, you know, from above her nose. She's she's doing that because she is, after all, she's the emperor's uh, daughter. She's the princess, whereas this guy is some some dude, right? So it's that. So that equation between the two are there. So when she turns around, how does her jewelry sound versus how does this guy's footsteps sound? And then through the scene, how it progresses, right? He starts getting gentler and gentler. The footsteps. Finally, he's like. You know, her footsteps are very bold. She's like, chuck, 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 she's walking away. And it's not just her footsteps, right? It's her kulsi. Uh, and of course, um, uh, for her, yeah. um, she is kundavai, therefore, she is like unmarried, therefore, there is no meti sound. Uh, so it is just the footsteps. But she is also wearing uh, patisari because she's wealthy. She's constantly wearing patisari. So the patisari will have a border on the bottom which is like a thick jariga border so when she's walking it's going fat 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 right and that is and she's basically kicking it as she's walking uh so because she's princess man you need to have that that idea of she being like a powerful person and therefore her stride is confident she knows what she's doing even if she's in a romantic scene she's got that little chat 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 she walks away right um that uh versus this dude and Immediately after that, when he is like getting down to that parcel, back to it, he's still okay. His, his fear of water comes back again. So when his foot hits that parcel, there is that little water that will go block underneath when he keeps his foot. And that's funny, right? Technically, it's like a, it, it's technically a fat joke, but it's it's there. It's there for that uh, that that comedic effect. At the same time, shift the mood, right? From him being like, oh wow, okay. Um, 
இருக்கும்போது <laughs> plus you know work with some of the greatest water libraries in the world just bought them uh, but yes so i had all those and i was cutting them in like you know uh, footsteps footstep by footstep because you need to create that that variation and the, this all these emotional changes so yes in this scene it's a quiet scene where you have the ability to play out all these subtle sounds right uh, but then again when you come to the nilavari that you were mentioning uh again vandithevan who first walks in very confidently again he's done one flirtatious thing you know and i'm watching that scene in the the theater yesterday and the audience is screaming right because they they're, they're loving that you know that banter between the two and all yeah. my subtle sounds nobody hears right so but i'm, <laughs> but I'm, but I'm super kick because you know why am i putting all those sounds because i need the audience at some level to understand this kada they are already getting it fantastic over job done you know so it's 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 great and so there are other aspects of that the sound which are louder like the door right the door it's the heaviness of the door but at the same time it can't be a you know sort of it it can't be so heavy uh, you know that uh, is that alibaba napadrigalum that that uh. right you know you want that but it is at this sequence when they are flirting as the door is closing it should not sound scary right it should be there and yet not impose itself because they will kill that mood so in the mix we are trying to do that right we are trying to pull back all the aspects of that sound that would potentially make it scary but finally bring it back at the very last moment when the door shuts so that he turns and there's a jump scare of that uh, you know yeah. skull so it is that it's those subtle things and those were there you know in the, in 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 the film and i am happy about that and after that once he's gotten into this jump scare uh, vandithevan's gait completely changes there is no more confidence he's walking and so i think pradap had done a fantastic job at that point where he's like he goes in the wrong direction then he comes turns around and comes towards the the central passage you can really yeah. hear him keep his foot down because there is no confidence this guy is shit scared right so there is no confidence stride at all all you are hearing is not the foot fall but the foot rise from the floor there is a difference right he's he's yeah. leather footwear he's wearing leather uh, you know armor and all that business so it is that shakiness of when the foot comes off the ground is when you hear it not when the foot hits the ground because with the foot hitting the ground he himself is unsure so he's not even keeping it confidently uh, he's very gingerly walking and that is what we need to bring to it's there that we know that one was heard in the theater very happy yeah that that was heard in the theater that's why i was, I, was uh, i wanted to ask you about it because you can hear that like that especially because it's so quiet and you, that's all you hear no, and see that's the this is the thing right this is the 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 the, the funny aspect of it is that um when you quieten things on the screen right the audience will automatically quieten themselves because they want to hear what's happening it's unconscious this process it's not a deliberate thing except for one or two fellows who will be hooting anyway 
most of the audience is quieted yeah. down when you quieten the screen and this is this is true uh, th- these are the the, the the myriad pleasures of uh, watching in theater as opposed to you know uh, watching it on your phone with headphones on uh, right because you're viscerally reacting to all this and you're reacting based on the reaction of others so uh, which is why i loved uh, you know the the, the 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 film in the theater because i can hear the points where we expected the audience to quieten down to listen they're quietening down and i'm very happy about that because that is the mix right that's the subtlety of the mix where you need them to quieten down so you actually bring down the mix deliberately right it's it's, it's quiet and you're like what is happening so the audience is like shh, shh, i shouldn't even breathe now because i want to hear what's happening that's the trick and that means you pull your audience into the film and these are this is one of the factors i am happy is contributing to the success of the film itself right? the audience is eating it they are loving it and because of that people are watching it more than once they they going again and again they are loving the film they are talking about it and this is the other great part about it right once you do this to the audience the audience becomes your biggest champion they will start make, making excuses for the things that you messed up on right and uh, they, yeah. <laughs> they become your biggest defenders and that's it done no more questions <laughs> because they will the audience are extraordinarily forgiving that way and we need to be we need to understand and we need to sympathize with that audience and give them what they want and that is it so there is no template for this is how it should be done and this is the only way this is all you know and all this how are we learning you know how am i learning uh, this how have i come to the stage where i can think about these things and then put them to practice and see them play out and, and again these are not you know things that you are you read out of a book and say ah i went to film school they taught me this let me let me put it in practice it's not that right uh, it's like uh, i don't know uh, was this wolf was it you i was talking to about you know in this kondayil tarapu song right rajini goes kudayil enna poo he turns left to ask yeah the, yeah i remember this yeah turns right to ask the dancers then he turns to the audience and looks straight into the camera and then you know shakes his hand and the whole theater screaming screaming kushbu no we all remember that right yeah what you you are actively involving the audience in your filmmaking and that is great filmmaking you know and that there is great theatrical filmmaking and that is that works and that is having respect for your audience and the audience therefore has respect for you they don't scream kushbu out of turn they wait for you know rajini to turn to them and ask so it's it's fabulous and that is what it is it's that lovely give and take you have with the audience and this is storytelling this is cinematic storytelling this is audio visual storytelling for a theatrical audience yeah so so that that's the another question i had is that uh, in specific scenes right like uh, there are scenes where the music itself sufficiently carries them enough to enough to drown the minutiae of sound right right and there are scenes where as you said it's all quiet and then you hear everything yeah right uh, who makes that distinction like uh, where what should come is it the director in the edit or uh, is this something that is discussed no this is the the, this happens in the process of the mix of the film where we have all the elements in so there is the you know the mixing engineer there is uh, there is me the director and sometimes even the composer is there and then together it's a collaborative decision and at, at every point we are constantly discussing with each other which is telling the better story and which is telling it more convincingly and then we go with it 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. This is a mixed decision. Again, I have to point out, you know, the, 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 the uh, Craig who did the mix for us, absolutely fantastic guy because he's, you know, he he's got a great understanding as, as a technician, he is great, but he's got a great understanding of storytelling. And for us, it was very useful because um, uh, Craig is, uh, is, is, he comes from technically what you would call a different school of filmmaking, right? But at the same time, Popular cinema is popular cinema all over the world. And it is, there are certain idioms might change locally, but the basic idea is the same. You know, where you need to quieten down, you need to quieten down, where you need to load it thick, you load it. And where, and you are constantly working with the idea that somebody is listening to it, receiving it, and therefore will be reacting it to a particular way. And we also are always concerned about the comfort level of the audience, right? It, mm. we, you know, we need the audience to be, we don't want to distract them and pull them away from the suspension of disbelief. Neither do we want to make them uncomfortable at any stage, even if, you know, it needs to be a large moment. Right. And one of the best compliments I received was from like a friend's mom who texted specifically to say like how she has not been to a theater in many years because films are so noisy. And she watched this film and she said, even the action sequences are not very noisy. It was big and it was not noisy. And I'm like feeling so happy because this was a, a, a conscious decision when we did the mix, right? It needs to be big, but it should not be noisy. And in that sense, it's so, I'm so happy because there are a lot of older people who are coming to watch this film, a lot of children who are coming to watch this film. So it, there is another demographic to that. Like mm. normally your mass cinema as such is your hero film where most of your audience is technically considered to be uh, young men. That's it, right? Uh, mm. The women, the older people and the children, for them there is TV. Uh, you know, this entertainment, this entertainment almost, right? You, the women are confined to the house and the men only go out to theater and watch. Now, thankfully, there are, we are making an increasing number of films where that's not necessarily the case. It's pulling in a, a more varied audience and therefore we need to have, keep that in mind. We need to be sensitive to them and make them, give them a good cinema going experience. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So, so that leads me to another question. Uh, uh, and you have to forgive me here because I am going to talk from a very software <laughs> development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. So, so the point is that uh, when we do release software, right, we do compatibility testing and we, we try to see if that particular version of whatever software that we are releasing, Mm. right is a as the creator intended in which case it is the product team intended and b yeah. uh, would be compatible across different devices right mm. we can't control the devices that people consume the product on uh, might yeah. be a 8000 rupee phone or a 80000 rupee phone Correct. or a desktop laptop tablet whatever so right. that's the same principle that works for you you guys also right like you can't control where the audience watches your phone absolutely absolutely but Absolutely. it has to be where it may it has to be at least near what the creators intended right yeah, see, so that how is, do you go about it correct no we so we try our best it not not always that does it work out that way and we shouldn't beat ourselves up if it doesn't work uh that's the only thing because see we work based on what is possible given the time budget you know these kinds of constraints uh, technical feasibility etc etc so we try and do our best uh, and we hope that it uh, that it translates uh, accurately. But then, what matters, which is why I'm telling you, right? When I, you know, I said I spent like 
uh, you know, 45 minutes trying to get that footstep right and I can't hear it because the audience is screaming and cheering at that scene. At that point, what I'm doing is I'm actually happy, not sad, because it is not that uh, the intention is there and it comes through either way. So if not this department, another department is covering it, right? Uh, and it is doing it. So there is, uh, again, this might be, uh, again, a very technical term. There is that built-in redundancy of storytelling, right? right. So if one is not, in, ideally another is pulling through. So that's, right. that's pretty much it, right? And for this film, it rarely works out. In this film, it worked. But, uh, but how do you standardize it across the board? Do you go, I, I have heard you say this, that yeah. you go to theaters and uh, you do sound testing or check say, to see yeah. if the volume no, levels do. are right. But again, there is, see, technically there are standards, there are uh, vendors who are supposed to maintain, but then I tell you what the problem with standardization is. Uh, everybody needs to stick to the standard. Instead, what happens is an arms race, right? Uh, there will be some filmmakers who think that loud and sharp is, is good. There is also a question of taste. Like, for example, uh, when it comes to sound mix itself, right? There is something called clarity in the mix where you know we try and clean out all the muddiness out of it but there are certain filmmakers and certain uh, schools of uh, you know storytelling where they believe the muddiness is what gives them the uh, the thickness uh, to it again i don't want to take names but they're fairly popular in the sense that that's how it is right this the music is muddy uh, and then so above and beyond that for you to have to hear uh, dialogue, you will have to necessarily not make it, not just make it loud, but you have to make it sharper, you know, there are particular high mid frequencies that you take up. And once you start doing that, the apparent loudness goes up, not actual loudness, uh, by the way, it's not in terms of, you know, decibel measured, it is the apparent loudness, which is psychological, where it, in, in something sharper and muddier sounds louder, as opposed to something cleaner and more rounded off, even if the latter is actually of a greater volume, you know, in, in uh, so, when that apparent loudness goes up, what happens is, uh, these are the things that can damage the uh, theater speakers, right? Mm. And they do blow, uh, the tweeter blows very easily sometimes. So the theaters are scared. So once you take up the wall, so what they do is they bring down the levels. Uh, oh, they do their own mixing at the end of it, right? Because, uh, see, uh, theatres don't have control over the luminance or the colour in the projection. But the one thing that projectionists have control over is volume. Uh, so they bring it down because they are they're worried that their speakers will blow. What do uh, we guys do in the sound mix? We think, oh shit, the, the theatres are bringing it down. Let me drive up the mix even more. We'll drive it up more. They will bring it down even more. So it uh, the, so the standardization entirely goes for a toss. It's an arms race, right? Uh, so but it all came started off with a matter of what you would call taste, right? I hmm. wouldn't even call it technical incompetence. Uh, nobody's an idiot, right? Uh, everybody knows what they're doing. It, so how do you at this point even you know? Uh, tell somebody there is no right or wrong. Like, you cannot say that this is the only way to mix a film or this is the only way to uh, treat it. Uh, Tamil cinema means it has to sound like this. Is are things like you know you can say, uh, but no, you can't. You, it's a matter of taste. It's also a matter of uh, what you consider to be sound storytelling, uh, sound used in all its uh, uh, funny ways. 
yeah but that's about it <laughs> if there is um like the the vfx itself like for example the, the final uh, i mean the, the climax or the, the ship fight scene and thing the like uh, the, the kind of sounds that go goes into it yeah and uh, those sort of things uh, dealing with the visual effects is uh, it's uh, again it's like any other kind of thing but again see this is the thing right visual effects as a matter of fact is considered visual effect because it's part of the process but in the screenplay yeah. it's not visual effects screenplay it yeah. is yeah the ship breaks the mast falls uh, there is a storm right it's there in the book also it's there in the screenplay also so we are working to that um, it uh, in terms of the actual visual effects it is just a matter of uh, uh, synchronizing sound to picture that's about it but the content wise it's all there uh in the screenplay and therefore uh, those are elements that we know or we are going to be putting in uh so we need to get the right kind of things for it we need we need to cut in at the same time that there's an emotional component to it you know the sequence so everything we work towards it and uh do you think there is uh like like now we talk about this film a lot and it's, it's also i mean this is something even um uh, uh, so, so some uh, like 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 costume designers or the costume department people have told me or asked me about it like um they, they you this gets into the picture um when when because it's a period film uh, but what how, how does your work differ if or does it at all differ when you work with a regular film versus a period film Um, I, I mean, because the connotation always comes to these things when it's a period film, uh, or, or rather, it's not a you know um, a set in the, in the present. Yeah. Present. Uh, so, so how does that uh, uh, how does that affect like technically, and also how does that affect you as how you see it being received? Uh, see, it is uh, there are two aspects to it. One is that what is the content that goes into the film, and that is something that is that is created and laid on. irrespective of what the film what era the film is set in so in terms of work it's the same right uh, i would uh, go and record coin by the market if it is uh, it's a contemporary film because i need the horns and the you know uh, the 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 the, uh, the the big light bulbs buzz all that will be there but in a in a film set in like you know uh, 10th 11th century i will my source of illumination is something else uh the people the language that people speak or something else there my purpose recording will be different uh process wise it's kind of similar uh the other aspect to it uh is uh the idea of antiquity right that you are creating uh in the film when the story is told it is a contemporary story i don't know whether i'm explaining it right but mm-hmm. uh yes it is historic fiction but as once you are inside the story zone of the film it is a contemporary film right it is not a scratchy black and white old film we are not giving that uh, what do you say the, the the pastiche of ancientness to it like for yeah, example yeah. when you when you are showing uh, an old maligai uh, the idea of an old maligai is it is weathered it has seen its time and all that but in in this film as far as the story is concerned that old maligai is 20 years old mm-hmm. it is a new maligai right yeah. so it is fresh and it is nicely painted well well maintained the the the, the, the yali's nose is not chipped off things like that right so it is that 
so these are the two aspects to it so therefore it uh, so we, and it is very important that we don't conflate the two because it tends to happen it tends to happen a lot because uh, you think ah, we are telling story of something that happened long ago therefore everything has to look old and dilapidated is wrong actually but the music itself gives the cue right like arr's music is very contemporary it's exactly not- and so that is what it is right and uh, you know this is uh, i i've given this example elsewhere as well this is uh, sofia coppola right when she has the sneakers in mary antoinette's uh, uh, chamber right it's that it's it's uh, it's it's uh, you can't say that sofia coppola made a mistake there it's a deliberate act and it's there of course it is it's it's almost like an in joke but nevertheless what it is doing is it is giving that sense of when this story at this moment this is happening right now you know vandya teven is now going to sri lanka right mm-hmm. is that immediacy needs to come in so at no point should we alienate and say oh, okay this is just an image but that is there in the opening voice over it says ah iramandugal mun there only it sets it up after that you are in the thousand years ago right so you need to have that and you're right you caught it great because the music is contemporary and see there there will be a few people saying hey the tamil music mari illa that's all nonsense because what matters is you need to at the same time while you're talking about the the ancientness you need to bring the aspect that this is still a story this is a story that requires you to suspend disbelief and therefore here is how we do it that's it right mm-hmm. uh, so you you know so it's it's that Uh, it's, it's uh, and that is important for me and that's but that is also a question of playing back and forth so in an in another film which which uh, probably didn't allow the audience to get into it as much people might start pointing this out as flaws in this film only the nitpickers will point it out as flaws because most of the audience is taking it up it's not most of the audience are idiots they also notice it but they don't mind it because they understand how it is helping them to, uh, you know get into the story so that's it Right. The problem with most of our commentariat is that they think that they are the only clever ones, and most people are idiots. But that's not true. Most people are <laughs> extraordinarily prescient. Yeah, most of uh, most people who watch the film, and that is what we have to understand as filmmakers. Right? We need to understand that the audience is clever, and we also need to understand how forgiving the audience is. Right? and therefore work to it you can't take the audience for granted neither can we think that the audience are idiots right so mm. it's it's that you respect the audience you give them a good thing they will do the make the excuses for you not because they are they don't they are not aware of it they are aware of it but they're saying i'm willing to suspend disbelief right this is right. something about cinema that's that's it's a, as a modern art form right it's there it is true you know and the suspension of disbelief is not something new right in a cave painting the 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 the, the, the whatever the aurochs is drawn in a particular way it's a very stylized depiction of the aurochs nobody is going to say this does not look like an aurochs right nobody is going to say that it is understood to represent it therefore that suspension of disbelief is there in the earliest extant art forms human beings have practiced so it is that it is within us that that uh, that ability to as the audience to take in art right mm. is there in us so so uh, so just coming back to you let's say you you told us that uh, you have for this film had bought a water uh, sounds pack so do you have a collection private collection of sound packs which you regularly yeah, dip into we, 
Yeah, we call them libraries, but yeah, I have quite a few. Over the years, I've collected. Hey, in the parthang matungareyadu. We collect this for. See, all this I'm telling you, it's this is not something I do only for this film, right? I do it for every film I work on. Except nobody, you know, we don't go into these details for other films quite simply because, uh, you know, say for example, nobody speaks about Carter Valide, unfortunately, because I, I've done uh, not the same amount of work, but actual. You see, there's a bunch of work for that film as well. Yeah, that was my only question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's there. It's just a matter of uh, what, like, like uh, Ashoka puts it, right? It's uh, when it comes to it, it's just luck, it's chance. <laughs> it's you know, sometimes uh, these the, all our work uh, matters and is recognized, and it uh, you know at least people have the bandwidth to talk about it. And other times, it just goes off. That doesn't mean uh, A is uh, involved more work or less work as compared to B. It's all—it's it's just a matter of chance. But yes, they, we, I have libraries I've collected over the years but through all my flop and hit films, uh, and it's all—it's <laughs> all there. <laughs> no, no. I mean, is that something that you do? You insist, like artistically, do you impose it upon yourself not to reuse sounds that you use in the previous films, or do you think no, no, the sound that I use there is something that will be very useful here? No, that happens. That is uh, for me also. I'm extraordinarily familiar with my own libraries, uh, especially the ones that I have recorded myself, uh, as opposed to things. So I know where it is. Like for example, uh, you know, I have some. I had I managed to do a lot of great uh, recordings in uh, Mysore, outside Mysore, uh, Sri Rangapatna, uh, on the banks of the Kaveri. Uh, you know, a great bird song and things like. That. Uh, and i've used them like throughout this film you know here and there uh, because i know that a it is accurate for the 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 the, 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 the geography that we are giving and b these are sounds that i have i'm very familiar with i've used them before i know that they work you know this is it's it's quickly it will convey the mood that i need to it will convince the audience who's there you know so it's that uh, so yeah Uh, it, it is uh, that matter of uh, reusing sounds that happens quite regularly, quite regularly. Uh, but in for this film, we I recorded purpose recorded a lot more than I would for a regular film. Also because we had the time for this film uh, to do it. Uh, you know, most films we don't get that time. This film, I got it. I got the the chance to be able to do that. So I did. So when you don't get time, you do dip into libraries. Just... We do. It's and again, that it is not uh, that does not necessarily make that uh, thing any you know any more effortless. That still involves having to sift through you know gigabytes of data and getting the right exact two seconds that you need, right? Mm. It's, it's still uh, enough uh, work. So when you do that, let's say when you either you go back to your library or. let's take another scenario where you're you're putting in some sound have you ever been in a situation where you are kind of thinking whether the audience will understand this i've done something you know funky or new with this will the will this sit with the scene or will the audience understand it is that is is there some part of your work that is uncertain even after the release and of you course. To... of course there is that uncertainty right see there is still Uh, whatever i might say there is still that little bit of vanity in me right that i like i punja nalla irukum i hope they like it appreciate it is always there but uh, i have to constantly remind myself and this does not happen easily and it i've become slightly better at it over the years is that at 
finally you will have to realize that all your work is in the service of telling the story of the film and uh, and a lot of times in fact most of the time nobody is going to notice these things consciously but you know that it has helped people understand and get into the film unconsciously you know that uh, so even if nobody is mentioning it i know that it has it uh, you know uh, at some level affected people and i know that this is or otherwise i just lie to myself and say hi enalada padangitte so so that's how it works okay Yeah, the, the the whole library thing, and the, the earlier you mentioned about the the water um, when he when when the devil gets down onto the um, parisa. Uh, you have the, the there's this other scene with Biri Nambi and Nandi Devan when he's threatening Nambi and you he keeps pushing him into the water multiple right. times. Right. And there's a lot of things happening there, like the, the boat is shaking, the uh, he's pushing pushing him into the water, and so so, so that is something again you you do right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. In, in fact, that is at that point I uh, quite quite remember my 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 kid was there when I was tracking for that uh, because I was doing it in my home studio that 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 sequence and this kid was like because he was bored out of his skull and he is like let me do the sound for you for this film like, okay fine so he was choosing horse sounds and things like that so in that scene there is an off screen horse climbing onto the raft it is there in the book also. uh that 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 is very specifically there yeah the horse is coming behind yeah so that's there and that's getting on or onto that thing you can hear all that it's all there and it's very clear in the, in the theater as well uh but again it's mixed in such a way that it's not disturbing from the actual action happening at the same time if you want to hear it it's there but then there are things like like my kid is pointing that out because for him the language and all is he's not able to get so his concentration is elsewhere he's on the animal every scene Uh, every scene, uh, there is an animal, and his his concentration is on the animal in every scene. So he's like, "Ah, look, that horse came. I put the sound." So he's like, "Yeah, great." So, <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's it's there. So it's it's so yeah. That scene there are quite a few layers, right? And there is also that uh, again, if, if you notice or not, there is that one um, scene where this this boat is going, and in in the distance you see another boat. coming and suddenly you have the two boatmen talking to each other it's an unnecessary piece of uh, uh, you know it's for the scene but it is suddenly giving you that reality what i referred to to to, to mani sir at that point was this is like uh, uh, two five e drivers uh, near uh, anna university shouting to each other they both from the same bus stop <laughs> right each going in an opposite direction they will say shout something to each other and go right it is that Uh, it's this, that boat is crossing from the Akkarai to Ikkarai. This one is going from the shore to the other shore. They see each other somewhere midway and they yelling to each other. You know, uh, and that's it, right? That is what that scene is. Again, it is there. They at that point, these men are talking about serious aspects, uh, what happened uh, in, in their past, etc., etc. But then this yeah. is happening, and it is unobtrusive, but it is there. If you want to pay attention to it, it's there. uh that's the thing that that's giving that that level of storytelling which is this is the other thing i love about uh, working with uh, with somebody like uh, mani sir because he's providing these opportunities for you uh, he's providing it in the uh, in the in the uh, in the writing in the direction in the staging you know in the frame he's providing this opportunity for you to tell these kinds of little stories again that is what is artistry right you can you can say that this is unnecessary i'm not going to concentrate on that sometimes you say no this is unnecessary because it is distracting from the story i need to tell but 
when you hit that sweet spot right where it is not just a frivolous extra decoration it is but it neither is it entirely utilitarian as in in terms of it's just bare bones tell only the story that you need to hear it is that somewhere in between right where it's nice and that's where we hit the sweet spot and these things work and it's pleasurable to work with uh, you know with, with in films like that that I'll give you this space so so in post production just for my understanding and for whoever is listening to it that uh, you are the last people before the film is uh, uh, going to release is it and because you have to work on the edited version right effectively not just the edited version but so we have to mix on the color graded fully vfx completed version of the picture so yes we are the last people so you come in so you have to be intimated first and then you leave the party last that's how it is yeah if you want to put it that way yes <laughs> no technically the director <laughs> and the producer are the people who leave the party yeah, last but correct among correct. technicians i'm saying among technicians well see if you want to since i am part of the mixing process yes but technically it is the mixing team that is in there at the right end but yeah i'm there as part of that process yeah it's, uh, it's there so yes. what's the difference between your team and the mixing team again lines blur but the mixing team technically is uh, comes in after the sound edit is done when they put together all aspects right the dialogue the music and this thing put together craig is uh, heading the mixing team and uh, he's doing it but at the same time there's a lot of back and forth while mixing we decide like you know shall we do this shall we do that and what i deliver also uh, is what is called a pre dub that is uh, i technically within my elements they are balanced uh they are panned into the right places they are they, you know the, all the eqs are done the leveling is mostly done the you know the reverb sends are done everything is is done from my end when i hand over the fx mix uh likewise the dialogue premix is done and i'm there to to do the you know partially part of that and i'm doing the crowd uh, uh, layers as well and you know the thickening of it the processing of it everything is done uh, before it goes to the mix so that at the mix stage they have the full open session everything open you know all your uh, thousand odd layers of sound uh, but they also for the sake of uh, you know uh, expediency they also have pre dubs you know this is done in its in its department it is set so all i need to do is overall decide whether it needs to be bigger or lower right so Uh, i don't know i maybe got too technical here but yes so no, i got it so it's so so your work is like a, a bunch of thousand layers but yeah. when it goes to mixing it is treated as one chunk of work for it, that particular scene or sequence it can be if the mixing engineer decides he can open them all out and uh, tweak them internally as well the internal balance of uh, things as well or treat them as one you know what we would call one vca you know it's basically one one fader yes Yes and no. Uh, it's it's a bit mix of both, and the good engineers do both. So, which is why I am present during the mix, so that uh, you know I can kind of, uh, and yeah, that's 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 how that's how it works. Yeah. You kind of lobby for your work while that is done. That's what you're saying. I used to more than. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I know better, right? Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, earlier i used to be like very disappointed chai ivlo vela ponna didin music pot ellathiya mute pantaangala but no but uh, you know you realize uh, as as you go by it's, it's it's what is for the film that matters and and a lot of the times i actually like uh, what mixing engineers come with because when we do it we get so familiar with the material that we don't realize whether something is actually working or not because our sense of judgment goes away after a point 
we, we are very vested in the intricacies of that scene that we do not uh, well the brain doesn't work that way right? it forgets that how is this working as part of the larger context mm. uh, so that is somebody who comes with a fresh pair of ears can provide and when they do that and when you know, and it, and, and it gets clarified, which is why at every point you have to have uh, listen to the film as a fresh audience would. It is not an easy thing to do, but you try. And at every stage when you're listening to it fresh, you try and listen to it fresh and see, ah, okay, why didn't I think of this? He's come up with this fantastic solution for this uh, messiness that was part of my, 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 my tracks. And you're like, wow, it's great. It works. And so it's it's a pleasurable thing, right? When somebody is taking your work and manipulating it and coming up with something else, it's superb. Yeah, and and how do you prevent the fatigue? Like I know that you lose judgment when you do the same thing over thousand times or thousand five hundred times. Yeah, extremely fatigue inducing. I and I don't have an answer for that. I honestly don't have an answer for that. There is. podcast edit for the podcast edit but anyway, so, so that's the yeah, go on. yeah, I don't have an answer for that. How to get out of that, uh, that fatigue, right? How to regain, sometimes it is just time, but that is something that luxury we don't have on most films. Even on this film, we didn't have the time to, you know, finish the mix, pause it, take two weeks off, go off to the hills, come back and then listen to it with fresh ears. No, we don't have the, that luxury on this, uh, this film either. No film you have that luxury. No, unless you're like, I don't know, Terence Malik or somebody, you know, where, you know, you're making it in your own pace. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying it. Maybe he also doesn't have the luxury, but <laughs> yeah. you know, but, uh, it's, it's that, uh, it, it's, uh, you don't have that. You don't even, you can't even step away from it, but then you take your chance. You try and you try and see, which is why it's useful to have people coming in and listening to it later on. Right, uh, which is why it's good to bring the mixing engineer quite at the last, quite at the end. Uh, that's why it's good to bring in, you know, people with fresher ears to listen in. Uh, again, you shouldn't do too much of that because uh, then you are like you're not trusting your own judgment, and you you are not respecting your own thought, right, uh -huh. or your own uh, your own abilities as a, a filmmaker. You don't do that. You have that clear conviction. It is mm. there, which is why I, for me, I tell you what uh, helps maybe, yeah, now that you, you asked me, what really helps is, remember I told you we take the first set of notes when we read the screenplay. Mm. I go back to that. Okay. And that tells me what I need to do. I've uh -huh. done that. I've done that. I've, I've gone back to that. And then it's like, ah, okay, this is what, yeah, let's do this. That's it. You know, because, yeah, because even fatigue, the other aspect of fatigue is that if you keep doing the same thing again and again, hmm. at some point, suboptimal work creeps in, right? It does. It does get uh, suboptimal. Uh, there is that uh, utility curve, just for chunk, you know, tanks. It's, it's beyond a point. There's no point. Nothing will happen. But I tell you, it is like, uh, sometimes it's magical. You keep scratching. It doesn't work. And then you like go and like, you know, fuck the scene and then go and do something else. Come back. And then like the solution is right there. Nice. But it is also a collaborative art form. Remember? So it's not just one, one person's judgment or perspective. There are lots of people weighing in 
and then you know sometimes you take in the other person's opinion even if uh, you know you think that you know they have probably not put as much effort or thought into the work as you have and you get possessive and then th- but then you say you know maybe the person's right it's that you need to be an open person generally to be part of any team ashoka you know that so yeah. you know it's it's you need to have that certain level of uh, openness and that humility uh sometimes people just shit on work that you you spent hours and hours on it's very depressing but then that is it right uh it is there uh, you need to see where their intentions are sometimes their people's intentions are harsh at that time you can happily ignore them yeah. so you know you don't even feel depressed why do you want to take to heart uh, comments made by somebody who's making it out of spite uh whereas you know the somebody whom you respect who comes and says no boss it's not working you know it is very painful because you respect their opinion but at the same time because you respect their opinion you try and introspect and say why are they saying it their intentions are in the right place therefore maybe i was i didn't deal with it right but then this is the point right it's a, it's, a, it's a line from a from uh, what is that film rising sun wesley snipes sean connery film where mm-hmm. he says the japanese believe yeah. that you don't fix the blame but you fix the problem adha that's finally what you come to you stop you know bickering as personalities and then start fixing the problem rather than fixing the blame <laughs> and that is where you know things get better but it mm. takes it loads of maturity to do this sir. i still don't have it all the time but i try and i am i am i can tell you that it is better than i used to be <laughs> yeah. and uh, going back to talking of uh, like watch, watching the film it's like as as a, as a f- cinema fan when now when you watch a film because i i, I remember uh, i think when when we watched uh, mad max fury road uh, you watched the second time just to hear the sounds yeah uh, so when you watch a film now do you hear a film more than you watch or is that is there something that uh, that that's gets, what, that's what he said no that's what he said yeah. in the beginning no he went to see the film to hear it yeah of course i i know no, but no, this is not film but i think talking about like generally watching a film yeah yeah generally see when i go and watch another film like you know like this the movies where i love the sound like say even mad max fury road or dune or any of these films right uh, go in and obviously the very first time i'm in uh, the reason why i like the sound of the film is that i am not trying to concentrate on the sound that it organically works the film works right and then you know like over the years you have that uh, that aspect of your ears being trained enough to say okay let me now go and listen to this film separately just for the sounds now i know what the you know the film's thing is let me not get pulled into the narration let me try and see you know me, like this is like you know turning the back of the crochet right to see the process Mm-hmm. right uh, how the knots have gone through and you know it's that you try and do that let bit of uh, post mortem uh, by listening to it but again the most successful films will pull you in again into it so it's not kashta it's not but then so what i will do is i will go and you know pause scene by scene have a listen things say only because i'm curious as to how they they achieved something and what they would have done and things like that because it is as uh, Again, it's more pretentious to say Carl was and oneself an artist, but to watch another artist's artistry appeal to you and you to give you joy is the greatest thing that can happen to an artist, right? Uh, because you are constantly right. learn, it's not just a question of learning alone. You're you're learning, but you it is just to immerse yourself in art, immerse yourself in good work is is extraordinarily pleasurable, right? 
why am I doing this job in the first place? Is because I love what I'm doing. This is this is artistry. And when when I you know have other people do it, it's it's great to to hear the other masters at work, right? Uh, it's fantastic. So I I love listening to great work by others because it's it's it, it, not just because it is informing me of uh, of work, but is it, it is also it's just giving me pleasure. It's great as storytelling, right? Right. So, so do you figure out how they do it? Like uh, any particular thing that impresses you? Do you figure out usually how they have done? Yeah, it? yeah. See, in the sense that you know, because you've done it over the years, you know how they would have achieved this. Uh, so there is, the, you know, they they talk about how uh, you know hmm. some magicians are magicians, magicians where they make other magicians go. How did he do it? You know, it's things hmm. like that. But quite simply because it's just uh, it's gimmicky <laughs> but uh, it is uh, you know you want to know the pro- but process is process man it's finally it's the same thing right what is sound uh, you know there is something that is producing the sound there's something that is recording it that's something that is processing it and what are the kinds of processing you're doing you're controlling the levels you're controlling the panning you're controlling the equalization you're controlling the amount of reverb in it and then you're, you're, you know, thickening, fattening, everything is a combination of these effects, mm. you know. Ah, they use this plugin, so now it's gimmicky. It's not that, you know, there are, there are engineers who will revel in the fact that this is my plugin chain template. It's fine, perfectly fine. But that's not what it is. What matters is finally, what is it sounding like and what have you done to achieve it? You can get caught up in tools. You can get caught up in plugins and, uh, you know, uh, process chains and things like that. But what matters is, but for me, look, thankfully, I come into uh, to, to film sound through a completely different area. I come to post-production from, uh, from being a recordist. That was my first job, right? So for me, so therefore for me, I, for my fundamental thing is, what is the source? What am I recording? Where am I placing the mic? How am I recording it? Therefore, how is it sounding, right? Mm-hmm. I come from there. Uh, I don't come from music you know, where it is a question of understanding the various layers and how they work with each other and how the, you know, the patterns work and things like that. I don't come from there, uh, but I have learned it over the years how to do that. Uh, I do not, uh, uh, you know, come from a purely technical uh, perspective either, you know, purely engineering where my, you know, uh, I start off with, uh, this is a sine wave and it has put through this therefore let me put a modulator on it and then let me eq it and then let me you know side chain compress it and therefore this is my output i'm not coming from it from that perspective either i have learned it over the years yes i know how it works but i fun- fundamentally come from a recordist now no, people can come from any of these directions to achieve where they are right i come from a recordist uh, background therefore for me my primary thing for the sound to be great is what is the source what am i recording uh, and therefore, where am I recording it from? How am I recording it? Where is my mic? What mic am I using? How am I doing the actual recording, etc., etc. So it's that. So therefore, it, it is that my EQ setup is in my miking, mm. rather than you know whatever. This is a recording. Therefore, how am I going to process it? For me, processing is a, is the secondary activity. It is not the fundamental thing that that drives my thing. Which is why I like to record my own libraries. No, because I, a lot of it is just edit up both. That's it. It's already there. You know, just whack it in and it works. Uh, okay. I know it's, it's a very flippant way of putting it. And that's not entirely true as well. We're constantly tweaking what we have recorded. But 
that's what it is i come from that uh, side of uh, sound engineering therefore you know that is how i have informed my process oh uh, only one thing uh, more generic thing that i wanted to ask you um, so work, i think you worked on both uh, like uh, like a sync sound versus otherwise and is it true that tamil doesn't do as much sync sound as maybe hindi does and is that a drawback or how do you see it no, it's not a drawback it's a different uh, uh, and financially is it a thing um, no, it, 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 uh, yes and no it is a chicken and egg uh, for the, it's uh, it's not just the finance uh, alone it is uh, we we evolved on a different island uh, so therefore you know galapagos toy tortoise where mari da irukum so it is it, it is that Uh, right so we have our own filmmaking culture and therefore it is but for me let me you know if you want me to talk about sync sound this is some uh, 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 and again i'm not placing it as a complaint i'm just merely putting yeah. it as an observation is that the primary issue that we that we don't do sync sound and i am very happy to not do sync sound i'm very happy to i i i love supervising adr right uh, getting it right Uh, I love as a process, you know, and uh, you know, somebody like Anthony Mingel also talks about the 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 pleasures of just ADRing the entire film, right? Uh, uh, but that's the thing, right? So it, for for me, it's not a value judgment. But for me, the reason we don't do too much sing sound primarily has to come from actors, uh, because there is very there are very few people who are trained to uh, to, to 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 act uh, fully in terms of. you know not just their face but also their shoulders but not just their shoulders their hips they're not just their hips their legs their shoulder body language everything together and for them to have voice projection right acting is something you have to train yeah uh, most of our actors are trained differently uh, because we are a different beast we are a different film making culture uh, so you know there are some actors who have done theater or who have done uh, film making they have approached it from, it's also a generational thing uh, who can uh, do sing sound without a problem because they know what a stage whisper is right uh, where you know you have to do, to drop your voice for gravity yet not drop levels it's it's a it's a it's a training thing it's it's this exercise if you have not used that muscle there is you can't do it uh, hmm. it's, it's that uh and and i'm not again making this as a complaint because we have we are very comfortable doing what we're doing right and all our artists have great fun see when i i since i worked with him i can tell you a great person to record sing sound is kamal sir right he is great because he loves it he he's is fantastic yeah that, that's something i've heard that he loves it yeah with a trained voice but the man loves adr right because he he knows what he can do in adr uh so it is not that he is going to give a you know a quote unquote inferior performance on set not that it is that he knows that he can do something else here because the process of our filmmaking is different you know how we record and how we edit like i can tell you for a fact that when i record sound even for a non sync sound film i am trying to record everything as clearly as possible quite simply because an editor like mr streaker prasad will use that production sound recording in order to inform his edit that is fundamental mm. that's where it begins right so therefore he is using the production sound to inform his cuts 
nobody cuts to sound they will only cut to visuals right especially in our uh, filmmaking scenario where the production recordings are mostly useless uh, very poorly done in most cases right because it's a tradition it's it's, it's just that it's we should be not paying attention to it so it's uh, so it's, therefore he's not cutting just to visuals it's cutting to sound as well so therefore my job there is to this probably answers an earlier question that you had raised wolf what do i do on location uh, yeah i give that and therefore he cuts with it and there is a lot of time where you know both uh, the director and the editor get quite uh, taken in by the production sounds quality that they want to reproduce it especially when it comes not necessarily just to dialogue but also in terms of foley like how an actor moved right and therefore you know what kind of a shuffling of the feet that is good like we try and recreate that in foley sometimes i just steal it from the production track clean it up and use it so because it's just there it's nice right so it's uh, it, it is that uh, so so sing sound in that sense it's that it you need i and i know some actors who are terrible at adr right avangalukku location la panna dhaan varum they can never adr it and uh, get mm. the, say i'm not i can't get back into that mood again uh, this thing so both are there and it's so it is just a matter of culture it is just a matter of how we have evolved and practiced so there is no value judgment here uh, and uh, neither makes it an inferior film and it is also a question of it affords great flexibility man it affords uh a great actors like aishwarya rai to act in a tamil film if you are not doing sing song right yeah. she's brilliant right and why do you want to confine her uh, you know the the fact that her tamil pronunciation is not you know bang on uh, to why do you want that to handicap her from taking up a role as nice as nandini because she's just just pulled it off with great ease and uh, you know and uh, yeah. you know skill that uh, you would not want that so i am like very happy that we are in that adr culture because otherwise we'd be deprived of that performance of hers to my jolly ko question we had uh, uh, i think neeti kuda or meme and from i thought it was a very india specific thing but it like the whole concept of post la pathiklam thing and uh, and yeah, we already sworn on this it's a, it's, it's a <laughs> we can yeah, yeah that yeah, yeah few few weeks ago i was watching olivier uh, as his uh, this uh, tv series of verma ver and there is a joke on that in, in that where a cameraman says that i thought i thought we picked it in post and the film made that was like why 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 you think this so, so i was like oh this is a this is like a worldwide thing oh yeah yeah fixing it in post is a worldwide thing it's i worked elsewhere as well right so this, this happens a lot and but that's the thing it's a, it's a joke merely because you it, you can't really fix it in post that is something that is fixable on production don't leave it to post to fix it is the is the idea right uh, so but but with a films like marvel films and all they make the film in post right like, correct correct so that the, 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 so that wouldn't really apply in that kind of a film right because obviously it is the their process is different uh, so but even there right you can't fix performance in post in the sense that okay maybe you can adr and fix the performance an aspect of the performance in post but you can't like you know cgi a different uh, facial expression or something i don't know <laughs> it's, uh, it's you never know with deep fake they can do that <laughs> i don't possibly, know <laughs> possibly possibly but then i'm saying like yeah that is uh, again tevela rani something that can be fixed with uh, one retake that would have taken an extra 2 minutes you are spending you know crores of rupees and uh, 
inordinate amounts of time in post production to fix and do the same thing so mm-hmm. find eventually it's just it's just the maths right if the econ- economics doesn't uh, afford it it'll never happen so <laughs> uh, would you would you then agree see for, for i have done a little bit of game production so right. the thing in game production is 80 20 uh, 80 10 10 rule like most of it is like pre prod and prod yeah. only post prod should be 10% is what right. the conventional thing is because the more you push it to post prod or the more you do not plan it in pre prod right. the the costs there at the end are like too huge to bear right? yeah that's the idea that right. we usually talk about is that applicable to films as well correct no but that, that's the thing right you need to know the, again there is no strict numbers and you know for a fact that this uh, the the, uh, this, uh, the pareto numbers are uh, just an indicator it's not really how it is in some places it will be 60 40 or something right so but it is what it is what matters is what should be done in pre production should not be done in post you know something that is fixable in post something that has to be done in post production itself do not break your head over it in pre production also so that also matters mm. right this is something that you will take care of it later on don't break your head about it right now uh, is also applicable that way so what needs to be done you know the saukarjanik line the place for everything and everything in its place though So, <laughs> so it is you know it, it, it where it needs to be done it needs to be done that's about it and that is what filmmakers and in your case product managers are about they know what is a pre production job and what is a post production job don't worry about this now worry about this at that point you know it is that to know the distinction between what is what is the mm-hmm. is the valley of the that is the technical valley of uh, a, a, any person in charge of a production correct yeah okay i think uh, that was great uh, thank you anand for joining thank us you. thank you thank you happen thanks ashoka um thank you guys uh, for listening um, we'll be back with another episode thank you ponni nadi vaakanuve iriya samari poldukulla iriya samari kanni pengal kaanunu